I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who also is an investor, is the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle, among other things. This is the 213th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk Clarence Thomas. We're going to talk the Trumpster. We're going to talk Kramer. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk about the crazy world we live in, Nick. But first and foremost, how are you and your beautiful family doing, sir? Doing great. Fresh off a trip to San Diego for the um, youngest son's fourth birthday. Took him to Legoland, did the the San Diego Safari Park, Padres game. Uh, super fun. How about you? How you doing? Uh, big things are good. Baseball season is here. Um, you know, Austin is Austin with its allergies this time of the year, so dealing with that. But again, things are great. You know, it's 51 degrees today. It was 91 degrees two days ago. So get to wear all the different coats and blazers and sweaters and outfits and sweatpants. So it all works out. Things are great, man. It snowed in Spokane while we were in San Diego, and there was some record low temps set this week. So hopefully uh, spring springs soon. Well, let's get to what is springing. Gold is springing, right? We've talked about uh, when moon, right? And it looks like gold is at the very least coiling itself up to go after those new all-time highs. We've been saying for the past couple of months that it had been stepping in a very orderly fashion through technical levels that were key, right? It, it dropped down to where it dropped down to a couple of months ago. It bounced right back. It got past 1854, got past 1873, beat 1924, beat 1975. And of course, once it did that, convincingly, it broke out. And now here we are at 2010. It hit a high of 2026-2070 here the last few days, if I'm not mistaken. So gold's looking sexy to me. How's it look to you? Gold looks good. Would have liked to see a monthly and quarterly close above 2000. We didn't get that. Um, it went back down below 2000 to end the month of March. But here in early April, looking strong above uh, 2000. And um, there's a lot of narratives out there going on about, you know, <laughs> de-dollarization and, you know, Taiwan was getting encircled or, or something. And people love to point at that stuff um, for the reason gold's going up. And, um, you know, maybe that's a bit of a tailwind. But but really what's happening is the, the 10-year yield is falling off because the, the late cycle recession is, is, is coming here. This economic cycle is playing out. And so... Um, you had, if you look at the peak, if you look at the peak in bond yields, it was back in October, the same time that gold started to take off, late October, yep. early November. Um, and bond yields are down, 10 year bond yields are down some 20% uh, in that time. Uh, at the same time, gold's up some 20%. And so, um, inversely correlating nearly one to one with that 10 year yield. And that's telling you that uh, that recession is here and uh, likely going to get worse if you look at the at the shorter end of the curve, which is, is holding up well. Um, <clears throat> And you had some negative data as well, right? You're seeing a bit of softness in the in the jobs. You're seeing a bit of softness in the uh, manufacturing indexes, and and that word that R word started making its way back into the the mainstream headlines this week, right? Stocks are soft on you know recession fears, and so that's still going to come. You know, again, I feel like I say the same thing every week, but it's never really changed, right? It's just uh, when is the mainstream going to pick up on it, and and when is the next shoe going to drop? So. Uh, and speaking of shoes dropping, the the regional banks are, are lower than they were when mm. the regional banks were in the headlines. I mean, if you look at the regional bank ETF, it's cheaper now than it was when those banks were collapsing. Um, and what was I writing today? Oh, um, yeah. So you're going to see some 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 more softness, uh, which which gives strength to gold. 
Um, and, and the debt ceiling fight is, is right around the corner, which, uh, your new speaker, Mr. McCarthy was warning about, uh, this week. And so I laugh because uh, this happens every year. I mean, it's not even, you know, it's, it's so, this could be so, a big one though. It's because so scheduled now. It's just this, that time of the year. <laughs> you could end up having a bigger fight. I typically yeah. would ignore it as well though. Um, <laughs> but you got Pelosi out, right? And so you got sort of McCarthy, uh, versus Biden. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but the last time there was a major fight, um, it was 12 years ago, 2011. Yeah. Um, and, and when you had that debt ceiling fight, uh, despite it being two years out of the, the Great Recession, um, the S&P lost 20% of its value during that debt ceiling fight in 2011. And so all these things are lining up for softness in the summer, which is, which is what I've been saying. I got a little bit off topic there. But uh, gold is strong. Gold is in a bull market. Um, uh, until you get a monthly close above 2000, I, I think you could see pullbacks to the mid 1900s, and it would be certainly taking advantage of that. I was scrolling through the yep. GDXJ holdings, the GDX yep. holdings, looking what was cheap, looking what needs to catch up. Um, There's a lot to pick from. Top of my head, um, you know, Pan American Silver um, is like the largest holding in that GDXJ ETF, and then and it's got some catching up to do. Um, SSR has some catching up to do, and you get a little bit of silver exposure there too. So anyway, I'm starting to blather, but uh, blather, but uh, gold, gold and silver are looking pretty good. Now that was my next question. I, I I I think the equities have a lot of catching up to do if these gold prices hold up the way I believe they're going to hold up. You mentioned you would have liked to have seen a close above the 2000 level on a quarterly basis and a monthly basis. It is worth noting that on a quarterly basis, this was the all-time high close for the price of gold in U.S. dollars. So I think that's an important milestone. I think moving forward, if we just sustain these levels, and I think we're going to break out you know, two new all-time highs this year. I've been saying that for a few years now. So you take that with the greatest land. So, but um, whether or not we do, there's a lot of catching up with a lot of the gold names. I would encourage everybody and have been for the last month and a half to really start making a list and adding to those positions that you've had your eye on for the last year, year and a half while you were frustrated that gold didn't break out because I think you have a supportive market coming in that space. Silver, I'm not as convinced on yet. I'm st- I, I still think that's tr- being, it's trading as an industrial metal. I think it's still being treated by the investor class as an industrial metal. Um, we'll see if that changes, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more weary on silver and I'm super weary on uh, mostly pure silver producers just because the margins are tend to be anemic and the moves in the silver price tend to be awesome to the upside, but they also tend to be really volatile to the downside as well. And so uh, I would caution to be careful on the silver miner side of things, but definitely a much better market than this time last year for the gold and silver space. Yeah, get yourself some of both. Um, uh, like I was saying, those ETFs are a fine place to start. And um, even those bigger companies, uh, you know, SSR used to be a silver company, but now yeah. it's, a, it's a gold slash silver company. Um, and so you can get exposure to to both without having to, um, you know, risk it all on a on a on a pure play, uh, one way or the other. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking about that just in general. Like, um, I was looking at the checks I wrote over the past <laughs> couple of months, and uh, it was looking at the larger companies I own, the triple flags, for example. And and there's not a a lot to do if you were if you position well for um, what was coming, and so. Um, hopefully you're a subscriber to Gerardo's letter and, and my letter and then have gotten some of those positions because um, we've done well over the past couple of months with gold already. 
And look, we're, we're not resting on our laurels, right? Everybody knows we've had some big wins here in the past 12 months or what have you, but we have been positioning behind the scenes, uh, not just ourselves, our subscribers as well, um, with several financing, several picks. And I think, you know, I think we're positioned extremely well for the rest of the year. I've had three or four recent picks in the last month and a half or so in Junior Resource Monthly, which takes a more long-term approach to the cyclicality of commodity markets. But Look, I wrote a piece this week um, for Daily Profits like when Resource Stock Digest talking about um, the commodity wars that we're in. And and look, it's everywhere. It's it's lithium. It's copper. You have Glencore and Tech um, with Tech saying, no, thank you. At any price, they said. We we don't care what you offer us. We're not for sale. Um, you know, we look, look at the lithium space and all the takeout offers there, the Lion Towns of the world, the Sigmas and they're, they're, they're very clear that you're going to have to pony up. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny in a premium because they believe this market still has legs. So, you know, I, I, I read a piece by Jim Grant earlier today. It was forwarded by a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours. And I was looking at some of what was in that article. And I, and I got to say, I love Mr. Grant's work. And, and he actually didn't write this specific right. part of it. It was written by one, uh, one of his colleagues. But I have to be honest, it was light on numbers and facts. It was really big on narrative. And... Look, I, I, I take I, I, the complete opposite side of that. I believe that demand um, is still going to far outpace supply. Um, I believe that mines will take a lot longer. There's a report I read earlier that said that the average mine is taking three to four years longer than projected. Um, these are lithium mines now. Um, and I was reading another piece that we need something like 13 pilbaras in the next three years in order to meet the anticipated demand that we're forecasting now. So I don't buy the fact that we're going to have another 15 to 20 new mega mines open in the next three years. And look, I'm, I'm betting with my checkbook, right? Everybody knows my largest position, Patriots, still have 95% of it. I've added on weakness here recently. Um, I have a couple of other bigger lithium names that, 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 that yeah, I'm writing through this cycle. So we're going to see that that's going to either prove to be very wise or very foolish like everything else in my life i'll be accountable for it at the end of it but i think we're in a really good spot in the commodity space right now nick yeah i want to talk more about lithium um but you, you got you got ahead of me for one second i was <laughs> going to tell you still on gold uh, uh make sure you have your physical allocation too and i was going to show you something because you were talking about subscribers so hopefully the camera can focus in on it friend gave that me, is beautiful uh, uh a 20 dollar gold piece there from the mr jim dines collection if you can see it um, I can only imagine what the full collection looked like, but make sure you have your physical allocation and not just the GLD, which is the, the paper physical, but, um, you know, that, that gold in your, in your safe as well. Um, sorry, I have, I, I have to cut in with one thing because uh, hold that up one more time. One, that's a beautiful piece Two, Obviously the late great Mr. Jim Dines, it being a part of that collection is phenomenal, but that PCGS genuine, um, tag, oh, sure. Right. Have to have to touch on that for those From of Mr. you. Mr. Van Simmons. Absolutely. David Hall, Rare Coins, free plug. He's, you know, he's a friend, a mutual friend. Uh, there's no other go to source than David Hall, Rare Coins when it comes to coins and collectibles. That stamp is literally something that him and his friends came up with in the late 70s. It's the standard by which all coins are graded. If you have a coin that has been graded and it's in your safe, and it has that stamp. It came from Mr. Simmons and his buddies and his company um, that he founded late, late 70s, early 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So 
free plug. Um, just he's a friend, he's a mentor, he's somebody that I look up to, and somebody that's done extremely well. Uh, does everything from small teacher coin collector sets to wealthy Middle Eastern money, you know, people that own entire blocks of Manhattan. So uh, if you're looking for a trusted source for coins and collectibles, that is your guy. Nice. Yeah. Back to the Love regularly scheduled program. Beautiful coin, awesome bit. gift. Love me some Vance Simmons. So on lithium, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of narratives floating around. That Grant's piece was talking more about a Chinese slowdown, right? Um, and how you know the the Chinese people took advantage of incentives over the course of the recession to buy um, electric vehicles, and so the numbers are pumped up. But now that um, you know there's not as much stimulus, and uh, the real estate values in China might be softening, that um, there's going to be a slowdown in electric cars, which we've which we've already seen. I mean, you know, lithium's already down sixty uh, percent from its highs uh, last last year, last November. Uh, December when it was $80,000 a ton of lithium carbonate. Like it's already down 60%. And so- um, We're talking spot uh, price now, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, what was I going to say? Um, there's the other side of that, right? And there's a couple of other sides of that. One um, is the that Tesla plan that was out this week, which um, I couldn't sleep last night because I was coughing. And uh, Simon Morris was tweeting about it and I was reading it and he was saying, Look, the industry is finally catching up to where our numbers already were. You know that the the that Tesla plan calls for three and a half trillion to be invested in, you know, battery metals, mining, and refining. Um, and Simon Morris from Benchmark was saying that's the low end of our range. Like our range is three and a half trillion to, to five trillion. Yep. Um, for 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 battery metals, mining, and refining, and how you have to start thinking about. And he gave this talk at the BRIC too in January. Mm-hmm. So. You know, just saying how you have to start thinking not in hundreds of millions, but in tens of billions. And you spoke to it with those, um, you know, the mining consolidation, the Glencore and the tech um, and the the Keevils basically said, you know, Canada's not for sale. We don't want to sell. And then, you know, the very next day, uh, I think Bloomberg (laughs) is out saying, you know, Glencore could get gobbled up by BHP. And so, I mean, these are the the biggest, you know, mining, uh, refining and trading companies in the world. And so. Um, and at the same time, BHP came out and said they have this explore technology that yeah. they lend to different sectors yep. um, to to better explore for um, new mineral deposits, and they're they're going now now use it to to find what uranium and and lithium. I was reading today, um, and then while China might be slowing down, you have the U.S. that's set to ramp up, right? You have the inflation reduction stuff um, that had tax credits, and just today. Um, I saw that, you know, the White House is set to announce uh, new vehicle emission standards, yep. tighter ones that are going to push, um, you know, uh, more sales in, into electric vehicles so the entire fleet can meet their mandates. And so uh, this thing isn't going away. I mean, you know, is there short term lithium softness? Of course there is. It, it, it was up a thousand percent in three years or something. And that's the commodity <laughs> price, not the the stock, the, the related stock prices. But uh, the medium to long term fundamentals are. Um, intact and 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 obviously we're positioned accordingly. No, look, and, and it's important. You you quoted the lithium spot price, and Joe Lowry was called Mister Lithium. Had a great point. He's got a, a a good piece that I read this morning. He talked about how, look, just last month there was you know Chinese material was still moving into Japan in February and over eighty thousand, right? And so while the spot prices are falling from record highs, the contract prices between the miners and the off takers, right? The average price paid for lithium chemicals are still on track to be substantially higher in 2023 than they were in 2022. And he mentioned how there's very little volume that actually moves according to 
the lithium spot price. It's really the contract price that we want to focus on if we're looking to have a meaningful barometer or baseline as to the health of the lithium space. So again, I'm voting with my checkbook, right? My positions and and we're going to see how that shakes out. Goldman Sachs continues to push back their, you know, oversupply, um, less demand narrative by three months, every three months. We'll see how long that lasts. Maybe they'll be right eventually. But no, there's a lot to dig into. It's definitely um, an interesting time in the space. I think there's still a lot of opportunities. I think if if we had a better market in terms of that lithium swap price, because that's what most people quote and that's what most people look at, right? They see a drop and they go, oh, I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm not paying 15 or 20 bucks for Patriot. I'll wait until it drops to 10 um, or, or or the other companies, right? Some of the other names that that we're involved with that, that that have pulled back a little bit. I think this is a phenomenal time to allocate capital to the better names in the space that are going to capture that re-rate. And, and I think it's right around the corner. What about rare earths? Rare earths are interesting because it's a smaller market and we get the China narrative every year, right? Every year, China threatens to cut off the heavy rare earths, right? The stuff that goes in the magnets, the missile systems, um, the wind turbines. It's the heavy rare earths that really are most at risk from a so for a supply shock from China. Could China cut it off? Absolutely, China could cut it off. Um, would that do what it did in 2010 as far as sending prices sky high and an overreaction because it's great narrative um, with the stock prices? Absolutely. I would much rather bet on the continuation of a lithium bull market that I know is sustainable for the next five to 10 years than to bet on a situation between China, the U.S., maybe provoked by a Chinese and an entire China and Taiwan, you know, scuffle um, that materializes into some other geopolitical ramifications. Rare earths, the heavies being cut off, being one of them. It's a lot to bet on. What about? Uh, I think I was listening to an interview you did this week with um, I forget his first name is Jody, Jody Derouge. Derouge, and he was talking Fantastic. about the. Um, uh, a rare earth um, processing or refining plant in Malaysia. Do you recall what he was yes, saying? Yes, 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 yes. He talked about Linus, and 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 now this has this this is different. This actually has some narrative, and this actually has this would be very consequential and would be sustainable. And what he was saying is that he believes there's a good chance that in the next couple of months, one of the major refineries of these rare earths may get its license pulled for several reasons. And so if that were to be the case, you know, a good bulk of the production of these metals go through that refinery, that would definitely be a situation where I would definitely start looking more seriously as to a, a bull market that doesn't just last for a couple of months or a year. Um, that could be very consequential. We'll wait and see if that happens. I'm, I, I plan on having Jody back on. That interview was very well received. Um, he's been in the space. They specialize in critical metals you know, for decades, everything from lithium to rare earths. Um, he's a director on several companies whose assets I really like. Um, so no, that was a really interesting conversation. I, I enjoyed it and we're looking forward to having Jody back on. Not sure yeah. if that answered your question, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I just wanted to 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 say that there's, you know, rare earth plays that are, that are outside of that. I mean, Got an Epi Materials here in the U.S. Yep. You've got Energy Fuels, who's got the the only mill that that's processing rare earths here um, in the U.S. And so there are alternatives that are uh, relatively cheap. You, you know, you talk about um, a run up in prices. I I don't see that reflected in the share prices of MP Materials and, and and Energy Fuels currently. So um, 
a good time to, to to buy. I've been I've been looking at both those, and and there's another one, Neo Materials. They're all they're all cheap. Absolutely, I think uh, you made a recommendation recently. I'll keep it private because it was, it was recent to your subscriber base, but a company that I liked and almost bought, and uh, you, you know did did it yet. Uh, but no, there's there's some ways to play that, and there's some ways to play that in companies that have not just pure rare earth exposure, right? There's companies that also have uranium exposure, vanadium exposure. So you can actually get into some companies that have um, a good commodity mix where you're not just, you know, I don't want to say hoping because we don't, nobody hopes for an international incident where like the rare earth supply gets cut off just to make a buck. Um, but you're not just counting on rare earths being cut off in order for your stock to go higher. There's a lot of names that have other commodities, um, that, that 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 can diversify some of that risk and mitigate some of that risk for you also. If you want that, you go subscribe to Nick's letter. No more freebies on this one. A lot of commodity wars. All right. There's a lot of wars, period. There's culture wars. Um, oh, man. There's uh, people are mad at Bud Light. I was just going to say that. And Nike. And they're always mad at Nike. <laughs> and Jack Daniels. And they're mad at Jack Daniels. And... <laughs> it's... This is the part of the podcast where it's going to get a little social commentary and I'm going to curse a little bit. So I'll give you five seconds to do with that what you will. I'm going to mute myself. What the fuck are we doing, people? Come on, humans. Like, listen, we have some real serious issues on our planet to deal with. There's some serious stuff going on, right? We have Mexico down south, uh, the country where I was made and where my parents come from and immigrated from. Um, It's basically a failed state down there. And and in a good chunk of those states, including the one uh, where all of my family's from, Zacatecas, look it up. Number four most dangerous city in the entire planet. This is just our neighbor down south. And that number four is just with reported crimes. So that was being generous. We should have been a little higher on the list. Um, So we have that going on, right? And then we have... The situation with Russia and the Ukraine, and we have Clarence Thomas getting flown out like a B-side mistress for the past couple of decades, right? For those of you that don't know what getting flown out means is, hey, I think you're cute. Yes, I'm married. You want to come to Cabo with me this weekend? Oh, I can't. I got to work. You got to work. No, don't worry about it, baby. I'll take care of that. Listen, here's my name. Here's my card. Just send me over your flight information. I'll have somebody take care of that. I'll have a hotel waiting for you to have somebody pick you up. Just come spend a weekend. Bring a friend. That's what getting flown out means. Clarence Thomas, a fucking Supreme Court Justice of America, it has been for decades, has been accepting, and I'm not exaggerating this, luxury trips on private planes, yachts, um, for decades. And and then that in itself isn't illegal. It's the failure to report it to the ethics committee that makes it illegal. And is he the only one that does it? Do I believe there's Democrats that do it? Absolutely, I believe they all do it. Which is why for years I've been screaming for term limits for everyone, for the Supreme Court justices, for your local politician, uh, for the president, for, and I'm not talking to, for the senators. You know, there's term limits for some local politicians. There's somewhat term limits for presidents, but, you know, you got senators that have been there for 40, 50, 60 years that, they leave when they can't speak anymore. That's when they retire, right? The people that have their staffers writing bills for them that they never even get to see. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on in the American political system. And I know it's not just restricted to America, but I'm here. I love the country. I'd like to see it be better. So I'm speaking my own book here. We're mad at Bud Light. That's what we yeah. want to focus our attention on. We're mad at Bud Light. Donald Trump just got arrested. 34 felonies. 
I'm no legal scholar or legal beaver, and I'm no attorney. I don't know if he did anything wrong or not. I know he, and they indicted his ass, and they rang him up on 34 felony counts. He didn't look too happy about it. And um, again, there's so much to, to to be focused on that that being mad at Bud Light and Jack Daniels and Nike this week seems a little odd to me. But to each their own, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a, a, a lot going on. Gosh, a lot I could say. I mean, you got uh, a housing and homeless crisis in, in multiple cities. You got people getting stabbed to death in, in San Francisco in the, the nice part of town where rents start at $5,000 a month. Um, you've got, uh, at least in my home state of Baltimore, you know, the 600 kids getting abused by clergy, um, none of whom are out as trans, at least that I know of. Um, like there's other issues to deal with. You talk about term limits uh, here in Washington State. You got a, a governor seemingly for life, and, and Mr. Inslee. Um, I think I might have told you recently they passed the capital gains tax here. Yeah, um, seven seven and a, seven seven and a half percent on capital gains, uh, long term capital gains in excess of a, of a quarter million dollars a year. Um, and 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 what's interesting is we have a, a state constitution, a state's you know, a ruling mandate that you can't have an income tax. It's, it's one of the reasons I moved here. Um, and that that went through the Washington Supreme Court, and they said it's not an income tax, it's an excise tax. Um, they they skirt themselves around it, right? And so there, there's issues all over the place. And um, yeah, I was thinking more about the fourth turning this week. We haven't mentioned that in, in a couple of episodes. I mean, it's because we've been into, watching it in real time. It's kicking into high gear here. Look, you've got... Uh, um, uh, Democrat Kennedy that's now filed to, to run against uh, Mr. Biden. And it's it's going to get interesting here. Interesting times. Um, we had a horrific shooting in Nashville recently where babies and, you know, a teacher and a couple of adults were slaughtered, right? By some deranged, disturbed three, person. Three nine-year-olds. Yeah. See? And all, all of the media on the right wanted to focus on was how this person identified and all the media on the left wanted to focus on at least the mainstream media that, that that was out there was how we have to be understanding to however this person identified why can't we just look at things and say that was a horrible tragic situation that should have never happened let's find ways to mitigate the likelihood of that ever happening again i don't care what that person identified as i don't care where that person comes from I don't ca- I, I don't care about any of that. I care about putting common sense measures in place that aren't going to eliminate these events completely, but at least mitigate the chance of these things happening as frequently as they do because it's just America, people. No other country deals with mass shootings the way America deals with mass shootings. It's insane. It's a whole planet of people. It's just us. Mexico. <laughs> Which means the second one, right down south, what I mentioned earlier, different kind of mass shootings, failed state. Uh, it, it shouldn't be happening that often. And then the fact that the dialogue and the discourse turned into that, and it turned into that immediately. And politicians, senators were up there tweeting about how this person identified before the bodies were even cold. It's a damn shame where we're at politically, Nick. It's, we, it's frustrating and infuriating. I saw... I don't know if it was a senator or a congressman being interviewed, and and the question was, you know, you know, well, what if that was your daughter? What are you going to do about it? And he said, he smiled and he said, "We homeschool." And the, and and and, and, that, that, and that's the disconnect. It, it, the rules aren't for you. 
Well, the rules are, are for them. They're for you, for us, the citizenry. I mean, first of all, kudos to the police, complete opposite Absolutely. of Love Move All Day. Um, I wonder why we haven't seen the manifesto. That's getting a little bit into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. She definitely left one. So I would like to see that. I might take a FOIA request to get that. But anyway, uh, and I don't have the answers, so uh, I don't purport to have them. But I will say that people that are trying to do things, specifically, there's three Congress people in the Tennessee uh, where the shooting happened that are that are trying to, to bring down legislation. And they're going to try to kick them out of Congress, like literally kick them out of the state legislature. And so it's complete tribalism. <laughs> it's um, people staying in very narrow lanes and, and not well, wanting to or, or be willing to communicate. Um, and yeah, that's uh, the pure fourth turning stuff. And I don't know what it's going to take to uh, bring those people together or to, um, you know, get them to see that. Well, you, you know, here's something. There was a John Stewart interview out a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he was talking about the drag queens and the guns, and he was saying, "I retweeted it." Yeah, you know what the the leading cause of death is among among children. You know, it's shootings have now surpassed you know car deaths and and sickness, cancer, as the number one leading cause. And it's bigger than that because we know that the life expectancy in the U.S. has been going down. Yeah, um, and people call it the. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to think of it right now. Um, the despair, death of despair. Uh, where people are committing suicide or overdosing, and, and that was thought to be the, the cause. Uh, but more and more we're seeing, there's a couple of reports out this week saying that it's partially mass shootings, but partially you know these young people that are yeah. dying, that are taking that average all the way down, yep. right? You know, three 90-year-olds just last week or whatever. And, and the statistic that stuck out to me was, let me see if I can make sure and get it right, one in 25 U.S. children won't make it to 40. I was like, what? It's crazy. It's a crazy time. Um, it's a volatile time. The people in charge are not in charge. Um, well, not, in any second, yeah. not in any responsible way. I mean, we had Donald Trump arrested, right? Um, and however you feel about Donald Trump, right? I don't think he's the best human. I don't know the guy. He doesn't appear to be the best human to me. But do I know whether he committed 34 felonies or not? No, I don't. I know he was a former president of this country. And so to see Democrats selling T-shirts with a fake mugshot instead of legislating, it frustrates the hell out of me. We shouldn't be celebrating a former president if he did commit these crimes. It's, 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 it's a sad day in American politics if he did commit the crimes. If he did it, it's a sad day in American politics that they trumped up charges, no pun intended, um, to make a statement. Either way, it's a sad day in American politics. And Again, some politicians on the left want to go fundraising by printing T-shirts with a big mugshot on it. Fucking sick what's going on out there, people. And again, this is for both sides. It's not just for Dems. It's not just for Republicans. I don't identify as either. Um, I have some conservative views. I have some liberal views. But it's nasty out there. Yeah. And then, you know, just last thing on, on politics and, and culture is, you know, I mentioned the debt ceiling, but the, the budget, there's, you know, there's never money um, for for domestic things that need attention right we're we're learning we're reading this week you know uh, social security's got 10 years left they're, they're trying to cut medicare or medicaid or whatever it is and at the same time we're, we're writing checks out with our other hand to another round for ukraine right it's like you know uh, something's got to give there to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars and again i don't i don't i don't with not a lot of transparency either none none and i i don't, I don't you know 
I don't throw shade on the Ukrainian people and what they're experiencing. You know, nobody should have to go through that. But again, down south, <laughs> there's a whole civil war where hundreds of thousands of people are being murdered. And a lot of these people have nothing to do with anything. They just happen to be born in the wrong neighborhood, in the wrong address, wrong part of the world at the wrong time in history. And nobody cares what we want to do. <laughs> Some politicians, they want to designate the cartels as terrorist organizations so we can go launch another stupid war that isn't going to do anything. It, it's absolutely ludicrous to me where we're at politically, socially. Um, I have hope. You know, I tend to be an optimist, Nick. I do believe that, you know, we, we come out of this a, 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 better, sure. a better group of people with better leaders and better ideas. And um, We have a, out of every fourth turning as a nation. Yeah. And and, and, and and you know to keep it positive um coming out of that darkest part of the turning that I believe we're in now what follows is beautiful typically right it's growth it's prosperity it's unity it's a common interest you know we can disagree so have a lot in common everyone and I do have hope for that and I hope I'm young enough to to to, to see that um for for a bit because man these last few years and the stuff we're going through now has been a little taxing even for my sunny cheery optimistic self yeah, the, the first turning is a high and the, the fourth turning is a crisis. Yeah. So so on with it, right? On with it. Uh, what are you watching in the markets this week? I want to say happy Easter to those who celebrate this weekend. By the time you see this, I hope that you have had a great weekend. Whatever you celebrate, I hope it was spent with people you love and around great energy. We had, you know, someone that's friendly to us reach out to us earlier today, just for privacy's sake. I don't want to put the name out there, but, you know, his his wife, past um she was young she was in her 30s um uh, condolences that way you know who you are i know you listen uh, all the love and all the hugs and all the good vibes your way i mentioned that not to bring the mood down again but just to remind everybody to hug the people you love and cherish the moments everybody because none of them you know but we're not guaranteed any of the stuff that uh that we're able to do on the positive side so make sure you make the most of that i hope everyone had it an awesome weekend, and and those are my 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 parting words for for that situation there. No doubt, happy Easter, happy Spring, um, happy Passover, or whatever it is that you do. Um, you want to know what I'm watching in the market? Absolutely, about? absolutely. Uh, you'll get first quarter GDP at the end wow. of this month. Um, the estimates were, um, what did I write today? They were in fantasy land a couple of <laughs> weeks ago. If you look at the, the like the Atlanta um, GDP nowcast or whatever it's called. It was at like three and a half percent a couple of weeks ago, and, and lo and behold, um, you get these softening jobs numbers. You get these the things I mentioned earlier: the softening service, manufacturing numbers. All of a sudden, that forecast has been cut more than in half over the past two weeks. It's down to one and a half percent now. They could be lucky to get one percent when that comes out. So, uh, further weakness, um, no change in bearishness for me. Um, but the rate sensitivity trades is what I wanted to mention. They're oh. back on. So. Um, you know, rates were wonky for a while there. Then the move index, which is the the essentially the volatility index for bonds, was was all over the place, and it sort of put a damper on traditional safe havens that are rate sensitive, like utilities. So um, now that rates are softening again on the on the long end of the curve, you can look to get back into things like um, defense stocks and 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 utilities. And so um, uh, position of those are foundational profits, and, and that's what I'm watching here over the. I guess the coming week or so. I like it. I like it. Um, you know what I'm watching? I'm going to watch me some Patriot drill results. Um, they said not till after Easter, though, which I guess is this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be this weekend. It's this coming week, right? So I think I think this coming week we'll probably get another batch. Um, 
for those of you that actually want to put the work, like, I have an idea of the results that are coming. Like, I've had an idea of the results for every time for the past couple of months since the company publicly started putting up on their website the drilled core log of how much pegmatite they're hitting on the holes that have assay spending. So all of this is public information. The company has made it easy for you all to know that there should be assays that probably have anywhere between 80 and 120 meters of whatever percent they end up hitting, um, and another 80 meter hit, another 60 meter hit, another 50 meter hit. So I say that to say the hits are going to keep on coming, and the company has telegraphed that they have more great results coming by publishing that table of logged pegmatite core on holes that have been drilled, logged, and sent to the lab. Just have a sneak peek, y'all, and then you can get yourself a pretty good idea of whether or not the company's still hitting. Spoiler alert, the company's still hitting. Should be a fun fun rest of the year, frankly. We're going to have acid results the rest of the year. So I'm excited for that. I'm curious to see which way copper goes. Um, copper, you know, it's held for well. It tried break in 410 here the last couple of weeks. It failed to do that. Um, dipped below four briefly. We know we're in the middle of a recession. We know we have recessionary deflationary trends across the board globally. I'm curious to see if it breaks down or not. If it doesn't, that's extremely bullish for when things reopen in China and when we actually get back to stimulating our economy instead of trying to bring out inflation. Yeah, don't hold your breath is what I would say. You know, um, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it my was cheerful buddy Nick here. <laughs> in, in, in my last monthly issue, I was saying you could get more comfortable with a three handle than a four handle, um, and uh, only you know briefly for this for this three to six month recession, uh, and then back off to the to the super cycle. But I was gonna I was gonna mention oil for a second because. Um, oil got really weak, right? Yeah. It got, you know, below $70 a barrel. Mm. Uh, we got the thing we haven't mentioned in this podcast is the, the OPEC production cuts, right? Um, which they, they, they had already been, you know, below their, their quotas or whatever. Now they're cutting even further. I forget the number, 1.3 million barrels per day or something. Per day. Uh, but all oil could do was, was just get back to yeah. 80. Like it wasn't like back up to 85 yeah. or, or 90 or anything like that. It was just back to where it was three or four weeks ago. So that tells me um, that uh, the, the, the demand-driven commodities, uh, oil and, 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 and copper, the you know, indicators yep. uh, of, the, of growth or sentiment or whatever, um, uh, aren't ready to, to, to go higher yet. And it also tells me that OPEC sees a slowdown, right? Uh, because they want to get ahead of that. Uh, if demand for oil is going to go down, they want to they get ahead of that and cut before that materializes. And so, I just translate that over to copper. And so anyway, those are my thoughts. I will not hold my breath, but I will be watching Mr. Hodge. Um, supposed to remind you to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. It's been a blast as always, everyone. Thank you for listening in. I'm Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was our weekly therapy session number 213. It's our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. I wish you all a phenomenal week, no matter what you believe or who you hang out with or whether or not you like Bud Light or not. Take care, y'all. Trying to drink some better beer no matter what. Touche. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. 
and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.